Dark Art Society podcast covers a variety of important and contemporary issues, including dark art, as well as other kinds of art, literature, film, music, also culture, philosophy, dreams, paranormal experiences, magic, and a whole lot more than that. I'm Mike Carell, director of Chet's Art, I Like to Paint Monsters, and you are listening to the Dark Art Society podcast, hosted by renowned artist Chet Zar. Hello, Michael. Mr. Chet. How are you? Pretty good. That's good. Get, get stuff done. Keeping it real? Oh, you know it. Good. Drinking some, drinking some tea, some special tea. Oh, nice. Special tea. Hmm. <laughs> now I'm intrigued. <laughs> if he goes off the rails, I'll know what kind, what kind of special tea. <laughs> it's a special tea. <laughs> <laughs> That's my special tea. Special tea is my specialty. <laughs> that was clever. That was really stupid. Have you been drinking specialty? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I need some specialty, though. Come on over. You do owe me a visit, you know. It's been two years since uh, you've been out. That's so weird. because not last year. You know, it's so weird that you say, so weird that you say that because I was talking to Christopher Ulrich yesterday because I went to the Roadside Attractions 3 show that was curated by Chris Velasco, who's the big dark art collector in, in our community and in, in the world, really, as far as his collection goes. And he curated that show. And then when he curates the show, he has a barbecue the next day at his house. So everyone could kind of hang out. All the artists come and check out his uh, collection, which I videotaped and, and put on um, my Patreon, which is kind of cool. Nice. So everyone could see his collection. But um, I was talking to Velasco and telling him how he got me so fired up uh, on the pre-roll mini podcast I mentioned that we just recorded, I mentioned that he has this amazing, amazing project he's doing that is kind of like, it's, it's, it's not the same, but it's on the level of what dystopia is for me. It is, this project is for him. It's for not, Chris. not at all the same project at all, but it's that kind of project in mm -hmm. a way. And anyway, I was just telling him how, you know, he really got me inspired about dystopia again because I've been having just, I've, and in, in, inspired in general because I've really been having kind of, I wouldn't call it a block, but let's just say it's harder to pull the ideas out right now than normal. Normally I'm pretty, I can come up with cool ideas pretty fast, but just because of the hustle, having to hustle mm -hmm. and work and it's just like the pile of work and every day it's about work and work and work and getting things done. There's not a lot of room for sitting and thinking about things and daydreaming, which is how you come up with, you know, great ideas. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was just saying, I was excited to, you know, and basically telling him about how dystopia is, it's so close to being done and I just need to create some paintings for it, but I have to keep stopping and making money. And, you know, and when that happens, when the bills are due and you have to make money, you're not thinking about dystopia at all. So it's like, there's not even time yep. to, to get re-inspired about it. Yeah, so, yeah. um, and he was, but the thing that's weird that you mentioned that is he's like, well, you know, you should, I said, I should take like a week off <clears throat> no matter what I'm doing and work on dystopia. Cause it's probably, I could probably get almost all of it done in a week. Oh yeah. Except for a few of the rewards, which are actually being painted at this moment. But, um, he said, you should go out to Mike's and spend the week out there and paint out there. And I was, you know. 
That's funny. Here's the here's the. the <laughs> I told you things are getting weird. And here's the trine. You ready for the trine? Okay. What's a this trine? This is the trippiest thing. A trine is like uh, three points of a triangle. The oh, trine, okay. a trio, a trine. Yeah. Um, the trine of that is that, and I, it had to have just been days ago. Seriously, I was sitting outside smoking a cigarette, and I was just thinking. And I was like, you know, what Chet really is, you're going to be, now it's going to sound like I'm bullshitting, but it's true. I was like, what Chet really needs to do, because I, here's the thing. Every time I pull up my iPhoto on my computer, it comes up to the last 12 months. And 12 months ago, I was at your place. Right. And right. so it's like, I see those pictures every single day and I'm like, uh, you know, because I want to hang out. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, you know, it'd be so cool if Chet could come out. And then I was like, yeah, but if he was going to take time off, he'd just want to work. And I was like, like, and if I invite him to come out and just work while he's out here, he'll come up with a million excuses. <laughs> I was coming up with excuses. <laughs> why that won't work and how he wouldn't be able to do that because he only works in his studio and la-di-da. And I was like, but but in the back of my mind, I was like, well, maybe you should say it anyway because you pretty much always tell Chet what you think even if he just shoots it down because you have nothing. There's nothing to lose. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing. There's nothing to lose. So, But I hadn't said anything oh, yet. Weird. So, yes, Christopher Ulrich for having my back uh, on the spiritual plane. Fuck I yeah. Just, I, I did make a few excuses is up but um one of them was because he was like you won't have any interruptions and you won't, you'll be limited on what you can do as far sure. you'll only be able to work and um he was like the drive out it's there would like, be yeah, my office in my studio you'd have the whole thing to yourself yeah he's like the drive out there would be cool to clear your head and and it did sound like a cool idea but i was thinking you know just financially it might not be the best time for you guys that, that was the main concern you know because uh, things are no we're, I mean, the thing oh, is, it doesn't, the, cost, it doesn't cost us any money to have anybody here, really. Right. You know what I mean? As yeah. long as, because it's mainly a cost to you. Food. you have to, <laughs> I'll bring food. <laughs> you, you have to drive yourself out here. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, the round trip costs about 500 bucks, maybe five and a quarter if you I'd eat a to, lot. I'd have to rent a car. There's no way my you car know. would make it. So there's that on top of it, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the reality is, is that that's really where the money is, is more on your end because having you here won't cost us anything. You know what I mean? That wouldn't be expensive at all because we have my whole office space. So it's like, you'd have to share it with me during the day when I'm working. I mean, look at how gigantic this space is back here. That rolling table could mm. just be moved and shit. Well, yeah. We should talk about it. Joy would love to have you out too. Really? She's, she, oh yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, Let's talk about it after. That's Shit. interesting. Sounds like maybe the universe is telling us something. I think so. I, th I mean, I definitely had the vibe, but then I, you know, I have to also be prudent in my course of action. And I was like, I started shooting the idea down because of things I thought you would say <laughs> against it, you know, but I would have brought it up eventually, yeah, yeah. you know, but I probably would have brought it up as like a joke yeah, and yeah. not like serious just to like <laughs> test the waters. Like, hmm, let's see if he's even warm to this at all. Yeah. You got to be judicious in the way you, you know, that you say things and do things. Otherwise you get yourself, you know, the big foot all the way down the throat kind of deal. And I have that problem. So <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. Well, um, yeah, I had a big weekend. I got out of the yeah, house. That with, is a big weekend for with, you. Cause yeah. you don't normally do that. Yeah. For, for me, it's like, I don't leave the house for <clears throat> weeks at a time. And then all of a sudden I'll do like an hour drive both ways two days in a row, which is what I did. I went out to Copro for the Roadside 3 show, which was amazing. The best one yet, for sure. And if you go to Cop the Copro website, you can see the web preview. And my mermaid is still available if anybody wants it. Um, but yeah, they, that's an amazing piece. I was just telling nice. Chet 
the other day and for people out there that, you know, I, I really feel like that piece is kind of a next level piece for him, even though the, the content is, you know, perhaps a little bit different and it makes it atypical. But more importantly, I feel like the composition and the background and the detail and the full body and, you know, there, there being anatomy, all this anatomy involved and the, de- you know, the hair and the way that it recedes, everything about it is just, I feel like even you, though you may be having a feeling like you're having a hard time pulling new stuff out, you know, in the way that you normally are used to, I still feel like that was kind of some next level shit. Oh, personally. Yeah. For it, you. Thanks. It's got a lot going for it. You know, I, I think it, it is different, but that's, what's good about it. It's different in a good, good way. It's one thing people always tell me is they want to see more backgrounds, more, more environments and more full bodies, you know? So, and that's, you know, in, in that that's painting. That's what it is. But anyway, so the show w- went well. It's really, really cool. It's fun to see everybody, fun to hang out with Christopher Ulrich. He's doing really well, and he's got amazing work he's working on. And uh, then then Chris's barbecue was fun. It was, you know, it's just such a great group of people. It was Chad Herring, uh, Her- Herrian. Herrian. There's yeah, a Chad, there's a Chad Harrington and a Chad Herrian, and I always there get it mixed up. But There um, are, I should say. <laughs> Chad, Chad Herring. Harrion was in the show. This is his first show, I think. He actually oh, painted wow, cool. a piece. And really, for the, yeah, for those of you who don't know, he's the guy that bought Shamanic Tendencies when I was when I made that, and whenever that was, two thousand eight or nine or I don't I don't know what year it, it is, but um, that was when I was maybe it was two thousand ten. I don't know, but I was at a point where I just had gotten laid off my job. I know I've told this story before, but I'll say it again. And I was wondering if I should go and get another job in effects or should I just not go back to effects and keep trying to do the fine art thing? Cause I'd been doing it for seven years while working in effects all this time. And, and it was like, I wasn't making enough, but I was thinking if I, you know, there's a chance I could keep doing it. And I was too chicken to quit on my own. So I got laid off and then I was thinking, Oh, I wonder what I should do. And then he came, he emailed me. He's like, I have to buy this painting. I've never bought a painting before. How do I do it? I have to have it. And uh, that was the, that was to me the sign from God that I should do it. So I, you know, I credit him with that. So that's, he, he holds a special place in my heart and he also owns shamanic tendencies, which is kind of one of my classic paintings. And well, I think we should use the, the Chad Harian portrait for the cover of this episode because that's a really cool piece and it's him. That's you know. true, but it's the whole episode's not about him though. I was thinking, I was just thinking shamanic tendencies might be a good, if we, unless yeah, or, or, your, or, or murder made. Uh, that's true. <laughs> there's, there's many options. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> I just got all excited about the Chad Harrian one because I don't think many people have probably seen it. And I like it because it's super loose. Yeah, and it's just, it, like, it has like a lot, of, it has this vibe and the eyes mm-hmm. too. And just the, the, the motion of the face and the position. And it's a very lively painting, but anyway, Thank moving you. on. But by the time you, you uh, hear this episode, you'll have seen whatever we choose. Um, so, but, but what, one thing that struck me is that the barbecue is what an amazing group of people that is this, this art community is just, you know, I take it for granted sometime, but you know, Chad came out, he brought me some nuts. They're the best nuts ever. They're these (laughs) seasoned nuts from Virginia. They're amazing. (laughs) <laughs> and of course that was that was a running joke all weekend but they're they are as good as he said they were gonna be. <laughs> but but he, he brought he brought his dad and his friend out and they were so cool and 
all the <clears throat> artists are so nice and so such a good energy when you go. You know, every time Chris has these barbecues, the energy is so great. It's really revitalizing to go and hang out with these people. You mm-hmm. know, it's just a really, really good bunch of people. So, um, you know, I I always I resist parties of any sort just because I'm not the party type. But every time I go, I'm I'm glad I did because it's it's it was just a great time. So it was fun. It was a good weekend. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. How about yours? You enjoyed yourself. Uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I did the auctions all weekend and I Mm. made a bunch of money to pay a bunch of bills and so I could breathe. And that was good. That's and, good. Uh, I've just been working on Kickstarters like crazy. I've, uh, I was helping the Twilight guys with that Twilight Hotel, Chris Witherspoon, that we had on the show. Um, I was helping them shut theirs down, actually, and move them over to a Patreon. Mm-hmm. And that was the decision that they had made. So I did that. Um, helping Steve still with Rubberhead, trying to basically, with his rollover, um, getting him set up on a big cartel page to continue to... And probably by this time, when the episode's open, you could probably go and get it. But sell volume two, continue to pre-sale volume two yeah, yeah. Uh, to people that weren't able to get in on time. Because there's a lot of cool people out there that really want to be in on it. And these are all non-limited edition stuff. You know, this is right. open edition stuff. But nevertheless, it's people that their paychecks didn't line up right and stuff. So I've been helping him with that. Um, and then also Paul Gerard, I've been helping him set up his Rivals Kickstarter, which is going to launch on the 30th of this month. Oh, cool. And yeah, that's he's amazing. The, yeah. He's his work amazing. is, I mean, I didn't so really different. know. Yeah, yeah. It's so dark and like mm-hmm. dark fantasy. Like, I don't know. It's really cool. It totally gets my rocks off. Like, it's funny because you and I met him at the Ithaca International Fantastic Film Festival. And I didn't really know who he was. No one really properly introduced me to him. And so we kind of like bummed around, but I didn't really know who he was. Mm-hmm. And then I got to know him through the Five Hells for a Thief project. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I started seeing his work and was like, this guy's on another level. Oh, and yeah. then I started discovering that he'd done all this creature design for all these famous films, you know, which you start learning these things about people and you're like, whoa, okay. Well, no I, shit, he's good, you know? Uh, yeah, I, f- I found out about him because I actually got uh, Spectral called me, Spectral Motion called me in and asked me to do like just some work on a maquette for a movie they're bidding on. And it was battle LA, which I think ended up being a piece of crap movie, but yeah. he, he, he did the designs and I was like, Oh my God, who is this? I've never seen anything like this. He's just, there was, it's so unusual, you know, his stuff. It's just, it's incredible work. So, um, yeah. uh, I was happy to, I gave him a quote for his book because I think he's so great. I was happy to do that. And, um, you're you're working on his Kickstarter, so we got to definitely have him on the show. I mean, he's he's a perfect. He's one of one of one of us effects guys that is branching out and doing their own thing. And he has a really unique voice that's really unlike anybody else. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, he I discovered as I was starting to help him with this Rivals project that he is basically doing a series of art books. And the first one was this monochromatic, uh, you know, art design book that he wanted to share that was called Girardians. And then this is Rivals, which is the second volume, right. and it's full color, like creature design. And, and you know, for me, I'm a kid of the 80s. And so it's cool because he has this whole chapter that's like reimagined 80s characters from He-Man. So right. it's like... Yeah, yeah. Skeletor reimagined. I know, his Skeletor. Re-imagined. So I, awesome, dude. I, you know, I was late. I missed all the He-Man stuff. It, I was too old for it. So I always thought it was all stupid. But <laughs> but uh, because it's just, you got to be in the right age to get stuff like that. You know, like yeah. I think Scooby-Doo is amazing. But looking back at it sure. now, it's all stupid. But uh, it's because I was the right age in the 70s. But um, yeah. uh, 
uh, what was I saying? Skeletor. Yeah, I saw a Skeletor and it was so cool. It's the first time I ever saw Skeletor and thought this is really bitching his yeah, design for yeah. Skeletor. So. Yeah, so it's and the other thing that's really cool and that I've you know one of the things that got me to bite on helping him with this project because the thing is I won't you know I don't work with everybody I will work with people whose projects I believe in and that's right. it whether those are mine or yours or anybody mm-hmm. else's yeah, if I yeah. believe in well, it I'll have, work with the person you know? time to do all of it anyway yeah, yeah and so I you know he sent me a preview his page and he had chap every chapter in the book with which there are six. Each has its own little video and they're fucking awesome videos. They're like short. They're like a buck 30. And it's just like all the, the branding is so cool. Like he does all the text and the font to oh, graphically excellent. match the vibe. And the music is different on each one to match the vibe. Yeah, cool. And then it's all his kind of creatures. And it was just like pro. It was well done and it looks really yeah, good. He's, it's clean. He's com- I was like, this guy's on another level, man. I want to get involved in yeah, this. Well, he's committed, you know, he's, he's doing it. He's doing it. He's living the dream. Yeah, so it's it's exciting to be doing that. So I've been I've been helping him. So all weekend I'm kind of playing catcher at the baseball game because I I have a kind of a process I go through with people with clients and I got him set up, got him stewing on Friday. Like I lit the fire, you know. Yeah. So all weekend he was like firing ideas at me, and I was <laughs> just catching, 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 you know. <laughs> so today I did clearinghouse work for the whole first half of the day and basically took everything he shot at me and did the work, oh, you cool. know. So yeah, so then tomorrow we'll Skype and talk about it. But yeah, it's just he's he's on it and it's fun to work with people that are on it you know like steve he was great i had a great time working with him great projects so yeah yeah well good very good it's always good to work on good projects and then of course you and actually carrie neggy too turned me on to evil genius it was funny the day you told me to watch it (laughs) carrie sent me a message and she's like i know that you enjoy love you know true crime stuff you guys gotta watch this evil genius on netflix so So of course (laughs) started it and we, now two days later, it's over. You know, we watched uh, the whole, we, we consumed it. That I, watched, fast, I watched it in one day. <laughs> I believe that. it's only four, you, we, you know, four, four hour episodes or something, you know? Yeah. yeah. That but, was great though. So really, yeah, really well done. So well done. I mean, not just the story's insane and creepy as hell. That poor guy. Oh my God. I know that. I That's so, the thing. Don't, don't, don't give anything away, but you know, it's, <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's, it's just what the pr- production is great. Um, even, you know, at the end, towards the end, when they did the kind of like reconstructions where they, they the, 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 where they had video of people acting out. Do you yeah, remember that? All black and white. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, it was great. Silhouette. It was so yeah, the was production awesome. was great, man. Really. Well, and here's the thing is, I, and I, again, I won't give anything away, but one of the things I love is good filmmaking. And in that particular instance, I would, you know, a good filmmaker will lead you along the path that they've determined, giving you bits of information that will cause you to question things. Mm-hmm. And you'll start to draw those conclusions. And they kind of want you to do that at a certain pace so that you get to a certain stage where they're going to hit you with the thing that you were, they were leading you to already conclude and it was so well paced in in so far as how he doled that out Mm -hmm. that like you're going along it was a woman oh it was was a a female yeah female director she wrote, wrote and directed it but it was like the way it played out where you're just like, you know, you're figuring out things on your own and you're like, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't make yeah. sense. And then all of a sudden they're saying, wait, this day you're like, yes, that's what I'm saying. It yeah. doesn't make sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's super cool. And it all ties up at the end and it's, it uh, does except for the beauty of it is it leaves you to think for yourself still, because right. it's not like it's, yeah, lucid. I, there's no way I talk 
talk for an hour afterwards right. about what we thought. There are you some, know? Yeah, yeah. Un, uh, things that we'll never know about it, you know, which is oh, really interesting. The mystery, true yeah, mystery. So it's yes. great. So uh, evil, fantastic. Evil yeah. Genius on Netflix. You should watch it. You should. It was, it definitely rung all my bells for sure. Cool. So thank you and thank you, Carrie, for looking out for me because I'm always looking for new stuff to watch and I only have so many options given that I can only afford one platform. So Yeah, you know. well and uh you love true crime, so it's perfect. I, I saw I saw it and I was like, Oh my god, Joy and Mike are gonna love this. They're going to love yeah, it. Yeah, we, we did. We gobbled it up. We were so, you know, and the best thing is to know you have a good show that you're waiting yeah, to watch. Yeah, like <laughs> you're working all day and you know that when you get to sit down and have dinner, you just get like, you don't have to try to find some fucking shit. You just can go straight to it and I you're going to have a good time. I hate you know? that when you're, when you're searching for something and then you're, di you are, you eaten all your dinner or lunch. Right. right. <laughs> By the right. time Before you find you something, get to it. you're done with no. the food. It's like, damn it. It's the worst. <laughs> totally the worst. And that's when I consume all my media is when yeah. I'm eating. Yeah. That's the only time I can. It's the only time I can afford to do anything recreational most yeah. of the time is when I'm eating. I'm like, oh, okay, I can watch something for a little bit. <laughs> so today I was watching Better Call Saul season three was on my lunch break for mm. a half an hour. So it takes yeah. me like, you know, three lunch breaks to get through, you know, right. a single one. But yeah, so I've been enjoying that. It's slow. I like how yeah, it's real it's slow. I, I like slow shows. Not, you know, Joy doesn't like that show at all. She's like, this is so slow. Is anything going to happen? <laughs> I'm like, it's just the feel of it. It's yeah. like they're going for a vibe. I can't explain it. It's hard uh, to describe. It's, it's more think, noir. You yeah, know? yeah. I think it's good. I think it's good. I just, I started watching it and I got into it and I stopped. And you know how that is when you stop and you don't remember where you stop. And then, then it's like, it's to season three. And I'm like, I don't even know if I saw season two or if I stopped in the middle of one. And totally. so it's kind of been hard to get back to it. But um, I've been on an odd couple kick myself. Really? The, the old, that's why I said Oscar Madison's my spirit animal. Cause I You're get so, so <laughs> I grew up with that show. The Odd Couple's great. The movie. I grew up with the Odd Couple too. The movie's great too, man. I just it's it's great. The idea of like a OCD, super clean, neurotic guy living with a slob is hilarious. Walter yeah, Walter awesome. Matthau is awesome yep, in the movie. And anyway, we should get onto the subject. We're already twenty one minutes in. Twenty one minutes of bullshitting. I know, and it was funny too because I should have smoked before we started the regular episode because we'd already been recording for however long. So now I'm just sitting here watching you smoke, and it's like, oh god, we I want to smoke so bad. We could stop it, and he could. That's no, just, I feel no, no, I feel too bad because last week we just put we jacked Brian up left and right, the poor yeah, guy trying to yeah. help us out because of our own and just hustle and being so busy with all the nonsense in our lives. Yeah. So I don't want to split another episode yeah, and confuse. True. Brian is so cool. He's Brian's amazing. He is like, he never complains and we give him a lot nope. of things to complain about. And he, he just do. always got such a great attitude. He's so fucking cool. And we're so lucky to have him. He's awesome. Yep. So we Preach appreciate you. Okay. Let's get on with the topic. All right. Well, I'm, I'm getting, you, you start, you introduced the topic. Okay. <laughs> I thought an interesting topic of discussion that we haven't discussed and is really kind of a big part of my life really. And my artistic life is the idea of competition. And I really am a big proponent of healthy competition. Uh, I know that in the, especially in the art scene, but really among uh, a lot of, I think just liberal communities, competition is sort of looked down upon 
And, and I don't think a healthy, I have to differentiate between healthy and unhealthy competition. Cause sure. I think healthy, That's an important caveat. Yeah. Cause healthy competition is really a good thing, but unhealthy competition is really a bad thing. You know, yeah. like yeah. I'm just, I, I, I didn't realize this about myself until, until I started playing like words with friends, with people is, <laughs> you know, Dave, Sherman and I play all the time and you know, I am really competitive when it comes to that. Like I definitely want to win and it's just kind of this like innate thing in me. I really am. (laughs) I'm competitive. I I am competitive and it's funny because I'm not into sports at all, but Mm -hmm. um, I don't hate them. I just am kind of, they just don't grab me. I'm just, I, it, they're, they're kind but of you, for me. But you, you did when you were younger. I mean, even though you didn't, because I consider like riding bikes and doing yeah, like uh, yeah. those kinds in, of activities. Right, but, but I was never into team sports, I guess I should say. Yeah, I and, wasn't really. And, and um, but I get team sports and I get sports and competition, sports competitions, you know. It's, yeah, yeah. It, it wouldn't be, it get, the, the, com, the, the competing element whether you're competing with someone else or even competing with beating your own thing, competing with yourself, it may, right. gives, it gives value to what the thing is. It does. Without the Absolutely. competition aspect, it's kind of pointless. You know, if you're not doing your own personal best or winning a contest or whatever it is, I mean, uh, as long as I just, I, I just think it gets a bad rap and it's kind of weird to hear an artist say that, that a uh, healthy competition is I think kind of necessary to succeed as an artist. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's, I wouldn't go so far as to say that it's necessary, but I think that it's a really helpful. I'll tell you why. Yeah. You know, if you want to keep keep going with your thought, but I'm going to tell you why I think it is. Just tell me why right now. So I don't have to waste my words. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because, um, there is no harder job I can think of except maybe a writer I always go to poet. That's probably the hardest way to make a living. Um, but I think a writer writing is probably the hardest way to make a living nowadays as far as something in the arts. But there's, you know, there's not much harder, more difficult way to make a living than in the arts in general. And you have to be resilient if you're going to make it. You have to lose. You have to be able to lose gracefully because you will lose often. You know, yeah. you'll lose a lot, <laughs> um, uh, little small battles here and there you'll, you'll lose. And I think that, um, healthy competition teaches you how to lose well and how to handle failure and how to, um, be resilient and keep going and push yourself to get your personal best. You know, it's, it's like, this is one aspect of conservatism. I kind of agree with. You know, I, I kind of agree with the idea that, um, you know, it, competition in in business in the free market. I mean, it really is why these uh, innovations happen. You know? Well, I mean, let's be honest, you know, competition, even in in the, the uh, natural world is the way in which things Right. live and survive and die, yeah, you know? Yeah. So competition is very much built into this structure that we're all engaged right. in for I, sure. It's, it's, it's funny because it's like the, the, the way it, the proper way needs to be competition balanced with, um, uh, cooperation. There needs sure. to be a balance there, you know, because that's how it is in nature too. It's like packs of animals need to cooperate with one another, but at the same time they need to, they need to, um, compete with other animals so they can survive 
you know? Yep. Yep. Well, competition is very much a part of the, the you know, natural universe again. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that it's something that you can really, you, you could just distance yourself entirely from. And the reality again, is that a lot of the gratification that we get from the things that we do come from excelling over a previous standard. And that's really what competition is. Even if it's not like, you know, oh, well, I beat this other team or I beat this other person. Like you said, if you're doing better than you did before at something, then you have, you know, excelled over this this boundary, this limitation that you felt was your best, you know, mm-hmm, yeah. and that gives a sense of gratification that's clearly so built into us through the evolutionary process that we need it and we do thrive off of it. But do I think that that's necessary to succeed? No. I mean, I think you could succeed without it, but there's, there's that old adage too of like, you know, the way that you and I were raised versus like the millennials. When we were kids, you had to work to win the trophy, right? And right. then when you got the trophy, you felt good because you worked hard to win it. Yeah. Whereas like, the millennial generation is like, you just got the trophy for showing up, right. basically, mm-hmm. you know, and there's no, what value can you really find in that? What you yeah, find it is devalues the mediocrity. Whole, yeah, it's it devalues like, oh, the whole process. To be there, you know, to get the thing. You want to have to earn it. And I right. think back, like, when I was a kid, some of my favorite times were when they, you know, and I mentioned this before on another episode where they gave you all the, you know, everyone in the room got the same things. It was a bunch of string and some peanuts and a cardboard box and some straws and, you know, pipe cleaners and you had to make up something original out of it. And then it was a contest and it felt good when you won something like that, because you're like, Hey, I I'm ingenious. I thought that thing up, you know? And, and so that, you know, that bolsters your confidence. And really, if it bolsters your confidence, you can believe in yourself more. And if, as I said, on our, on our mini podcast, uh, pre podcast episode, if the more you believe in yourself, the more you're able to do. And so, you know, competition, even with yourself is a force that can drive us to be capable of doing and exceeding in ways that we never perceived possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I look back on when I first wanted to get into the, the fine art game and that's the thing. It's a game. It is a game. And that's, and what is the point of, of, of a game is competing, mm-hmm. you know, is, is winning. And um, I wanted to, I wanted to be in the game, you know, and, and I wanted to be, the best I could be. I wanted to hold my own. I never really felt like I wanted to be better than my heroes, but I always felt like I wanted to be at least as good as the people I looked up to, you know, mm-hmm. like Frazetta and Giger and Bekshinsky. And, and that's what I'm always striving for. Um, not that I am, I would never say that I am cause I'm not as good as those guys, but um, I, I, I do feel like I want to be in that. And that, keeps me going. And I remember when I first started, that was sort of this fire in me that I wanted to, I wanted to be good and I wanted to play in that game and win at that game, which Mm -hmm. is to me, you know, I guess part of the, the whole thing is, is deciding what game you're playing. And to me, it Mm -hmm. was the game was always to be able to make enough money to support myself comfortably. <laughs> that was the game that I'm still playing. <laughs> you know, and you still haven't quite won yet. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm almost, I'm almost winning, but not quite. But um, I mean, no, I'm supporting myself though. I'm just, I don't want to, yeah, yeah. I don't want to play that hard anymore. <laughs> yeah, I want the totally. game to be a little bit easier. There's this point where it should, shouldn't be so hard, but um, 
There should be like a there should be like a, like a, a winner's place where once you've won a certain level on the right. the, the money game, then you're just there and you you, you should build a little, a little easier for a, <laughs> a little of time. easier. That's all I ask, just a little bit easier, <laughs> little not bit. even a lot easier, just a little well, easier. Is enough. Like Joy Joy's been telling me, more than enough, more than enough, more than enough. Right, right, yeah, that's a great affirmation to have. But that, that I just was thinking that was really you know because the, the the thing is in the art community. Um, I think the competition, the idea of competition gets is kind of um, looked at in a one sided way. Like it's looked at as the unhealthy competition, like unhealthy competition would be like, I want to win the game and by destroying my opponents or I want to win the game at by any means necessary. Right. Is the even only- if that means underhanded, unethical behavior. Right. Or even or even if it means. Yeah, any by any means necessary winning the game. You know, that's not that's not healthy competition. That's sociopathic <laughs> behavior, you know. Um it's cheating. I mean, that's yeah, the thing. Right. Let's be that's, honest, you're cheaters. That's that's part right. of the game though. So you got to it's like yeah. the minute you get into competition, you realize that you're, you're going to deal with these factions of people that are also into competition and cheaters are very much into the right, competition right. game because there's an opportunity there for them to cheat, right? right? And so it's like I worked in casinos forever, so I know all about that. It's like I had people that tried to cheat right under my nose, and mm-hmm. I had to bust their asses for it. So, you know, the thing is, is it does draw those people. Mm-hmm. There are that's that are drawn to the game, and then you have to deal with them because you're competing with a cheater now. Right. right. You know. Yeah. But yeah. the thing is, is that that is part of the game too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's it's funny. It's because it's like uh, words with friends, for example. <laughs> really dumb example, but you could easily cheat on that game because it's it's like a, it's an honor system that you're not going and looking there's cheat sites where you can go and arrange right. your tiles and figure out words for you but i don't want to win that way i don't want to win right. cheating i want to it just to me it's not winning if you cheat it's only right. winning if you play by the rules. But see, again, that's because you're the rules that you are are basing the game upon are a different set of rules than a cheater would base. Oh yeah, them, yeah, yeah. But, but but I'm just saying that is that's my definition of what unhealthy competition. I agree. No, healthy. I totally agree with you, and I think that is a good example because whether it's a minor competition or a major competition, I mean, I remember being in college and they were like, you know, okay, here's what we're gonna do: we're gonna do a 24 hour filmmaking festival, and everyone competes, and they made groups and I had a group of four. It was me and three other people. And what we had to do was onboard edit a film and you had to come up with the whole idea, script it, and then we had to shoot it in sequential order and actually edit each of the scenes and clips and takes together and not do it off board. You right. had to do as the whole you, you entire thing. Edit as by shooting. shooting. Yeah. Yeah, which is exactly. Great. It's cool. And it was so fun. And the reason that it was fun was not only because you were you competing with these other people who might have a better idea or who might have a better team or whatever, but you're competing with the people within your team to who, who can make this a better thing, who can come up with, like you said, the innovation mm-hmm. that will allow this to be catchy and edgy and more interesting. And then you're competing with yourself because you don't really know how you're going to do this either. And so then you're working together and that's where that cooperation, right? right. Is. That's like, you know, and so scholastically, that's that's a good example of how it could work right. Yeah, yeah. And that's a, you know, that's a good, that, I think that's why team sports are so popular because they are, they embody that inherent um, thing that we have in us for cooperation and competition. And that, you sure. know, team sports are legit. You know, it's like, well, you also have it's to, a way to, it's a way to, to wage war safely. Yeah, yeah, right. That's true. That's, that's, that's true. But um, it's, 
team sports are about everyone working together to win the game, you know? So it's like, it's, it's a perfect combination of both of those things, the competition and the cooperation. Um, and you know, the thing about, it uh, can be, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're, if you, if it's healthy competition or if it's, if it's done the right way. And I think that also, um, people think of competition as, you know, like I said, in the unhealthy manner, whereas, you know, it doesn't mean competition doesn't mean that you, that you don't help other people, you know, cause look at yeah, me, like yeah. I, like I said, I, I'm competitive. I want to be as good as I can be. You know, I want to, I, I, I want to win the game of art or whatever, but I'm all about helping people, you know, totally. that, that, totally. that's, that's part of the whole thing and helping this community, you know, it's it, so just because you're competitive doesn't mean that you're not giving other people a leg up and a hand and, sure. and helping out where you can, you know, which I think well, it gets a bum rap in that way a lot of times. Yeah, I agree. But, and also you're coming at it from a collective approach where you're like, you're looking at it as, you know, it takes a village, you know, it takes a town, it, it takes a, a community and a tribe to be able to win because, you know, you really can't win the game by yourself. And we've watched through history that the best way to win the game is to group up. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That's what art movements are. And so that's another that's another way to take advantage in such a manner that, you know, you're going to help the whole community win because you have a greater ideal or goal in mind, Mm -hmm. you know. And so it is about doing that. And also there's, you know, just the reality. It's like if you're working with these other people and they're doing better, that's better for the community. And you're a part of this community that's all shifting, you know, art around all the time. So if they're doing better, you're going to do better. And if you do better, they're going to do better. And so. The reality of that is everyone does better. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I see a new artist come in, that's really good. I don't think, Oh, I want to beat him. I want to be better than him. I I, like, for example, probably the last person that had that kind of effect on me was Dos Diablos. Like I saw his stuff and it's like, Oh man, that's really good. And it's different and it's unique and it's well painted. And it made me think, man, I want to, I want to push myself to go a little further than what I have been doing and go maybe more abstract or more surreal or bizarre, you know? So that, that is when I see someone that um, I think is doing better than me in some way, like maybe they're pushing further the boundaries further. Cause he's definitely pushing um, a kind of a, a surreal angle more than I am. His stuff is mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. weirder, which is one of the things I love about it. But it, but instead of, you know, the, the, the competition side of the, the, the part of me that wants to compete, um, wants to, I want to get, it makes me want to be better. It makes me, mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, I want to try that. I want to try exactly. getting a little weirder. And that, that and that makes you, a, you know, so, so it's an example of someone else who's trying to win the game by playing their hardest and, and, and doing it really well. And you can either see that person I would say an unhealthy way. And I've seen this happen with certain people we shall not name, but uh, they will either attempt to keep them down or not promote them. You know, it's because they're like, oh, that's competition for me. I'm not going to promote that person, you know, Uh, or they're better than me. I'm not going to, I'm not going to accept them or promote them Mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, actively try and, work against sabotage. them, sabotage them behind yeah, the scenes, which yeah. is unhealthy competition. But, you know, I think I handle, I handle it in a healthy way. I, I, I was, 
you know, I, as soon as I saw his work, I wanted to start promoting it because it's so good. Right. You know, and, but, but it also the, did make me want to be better. You know, I think that you're, you know, one of the things that's, that's fundamentally different here too, is that, you know, you know, you can't win the game by beating a single other artist, right? It's not like you're, you know, it's not like you're playing chess with right. this one other person. And at the end of this session, whomever is standing has won or right, you're in a fist right. fight. It's like, you're not going to win the quote art game that I make enough money to survive by being better than any one other individual artist. And yeah, so you yeah. have a realistic perspective of the rules and the right. setup of the game and the potential payoff because one of the things we haven't talked about throughout all of this is the payoff, right? right. Because no one plays the game if there's not a payoff, right. whether that's right. a paycheck or that I feel better about myself and I'm better than I was before. Yeah. Yep. And I think about like for me, the, your, to your Dos Diablos is my Chris Haas. When I saw Chris Haas's work, I was like, dude, that just makes me want to be a better artist. Not better than him. That's right. the thing. Right. The feeling right. is just like, his stuff is so fucking good and it's the kind of shit that when I was like a 14, 15 year old, I saw that kind of shit in my head. Mm -hmm. Not his shit, but my shit like that. Mm -hmm. And I saw that was like, you know, so now seeing someone conceive it so well and doing doing it so well, yeah. you know, it just gets you like, oh, fuck, I want to get good at that. You yeah, know, yeah. I want to like, you know, and that is healthy because, again, you're at the end of the day, you know, you're not competing with that individual. Mm -hmm. I'm not like, oh, he's going to sell more than me. So I somehow make less money. That's not the way. There's so many buyers in the world right. and we have so much access. It's exactly. like it would be stupid. You know, it's like back in the day when you had to set up your shop on a corner and you were in competition with the dude on the other corner. That was a little different. Right. but. Dude, the world is not well, like that. Well, that's what my uh, my dad said uh, when I started getting him involved in in our art scene. When I started kind of helping him resurrect his career, because uh, he came up in the in the sixties and seventies and eighties, and he's that's one thing he said. He's just like, I can't believe how nice all the artists are to each other. Because he mm -hmm. said when I was coming up, artists didn't talk to each other. They, you know, you'd go to a, 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 you're in a group show and you wouldn't talk with the other artists. They would give you the cold shoulder. He said, I was always trying to talk because he, you know, he was a cool guy. But um, I think because it was a smaller scene that, that, that people felt more like protective and didn't and felt more like unhealthy competition sure. in a way you the know tendencies to behave in that i mean because here's the thing is i think the reality is everyone's going to have those feelings in competition they're mm. like well i could cheat or i could do i could be a little mm. underhanded or do something shitty here or there you, you know there's nothing wrong with having the feeling or the thought right. that the problem is pretending we don't have the feeling or the thought right and that was what i was going to say <laughs> most importantly though is that even if you have the thought as long as you don't act on the thought then there's no harm no foul oh yeah you yeah. know there's no thought police. So you can think whatever the fuck you want to think. Just act right. You yeah, know, play yeah. by play by the explicitly stated rules. And and actually, again, I think there's so much to learn and to benefit when you get into a position where you're being inspired effectively into competing with yourself. Because the same reason why you were never into like group sports, organized sports, I did them and I did them mostly to please my parents. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is what I love to do is to compete with myself. I wanted to be able to do more tricks on my skateboard. I I wanted to be able to jump farther on my BMX. I right. wanted to be able to rock climb better and do more dangerous stuff, you know, mm -hmm. I, and all of those, you know, snowboarding, I wanted to be able to jump higher and go farther. All of those things, that's me competing with myself to, and, and that's my favorite, but everyone gets affixed to different things, you know? Yeah, and so yeah. I think it's important to kind of, for a person just to step back and be able to identify for themselves what it is what? that gets them excited right. and then utilize that, that knowledge of that in how you compete, be it with yourself or others. Right. Right. Yeah. 
you got to figure out what the game you're playing is in order to um, be able to compete properly. Because I'm thinking if about you're playing games yourself. Then you got to like figure you got to win that game first before you're ever going to get right. into these other things <laughs> we're talking about. Like I, I was thinking, you know, my, I, I, I started out the game for me was to make a make a decent living with art. But the other aspect of it, there's another game I'm playing within that, which is to be as good as I can possibly be. I mean, that's that's kind of the top one. You know, that is the main thing, I think. I think with any artist think, that's decent me, is, is well, let me finish. I, okay. any it's art, about you, though, just so you know. Okay. <laughs> well, I think any artist that's worth a shit is always wanting to be better, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, so that is kind of, that's, I think that's the game all of us as artists are playing, really. People that love art and love what they do are playing that game to try and just be the best they can be, first but and I think, foremost. I think, I think first and foremost, you're playing a much simpler game because I think we all play these very simple games that then we, you know, we, to whatever degree, through our cognitive abilities, we, we change those into this, these fantastic, you know, uh, abstract games that we're playing. Mm -hmm. But I think the most basic game that you're actually playing is the painting game that you've always told me you play, oh, yeah, which is right, yeah. the puzzle game where you sit down and you just let it happen and you follow the trail and you listen and you pay attention and eventually it forms itself through you kind of, and it hits a point where it's perfect and it's right and you've done it, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, and yeah. I think that really more than anything, I think on a deeper level, that's the first game you're playing. I think you're playing that before you're even playing the money game really yeah yeah yeah. that's true that's true and that goes with any artist it, it's the, the uh, creating art is a puzzle game i mean we've said it before because even if even if it's not a, an intuitive process like the way i do it even if it's like you know i take photo reference i put the photos up i trace it out yep. this that and the other it's still you're putting a puzzle together to make mm -hmm. something exist that didn't exist before and that's absolutely a game it's it's a puzzle. It's just like, totally. it's just like a crossword puzzle or putting a regular puzzle together or some kind of, yep. you know, so yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, <laughs> That's true. I think, I think that you're that, right. You're right. Yeah. And I think it's important to acknowledge that because, you know, we do get wrapped up in the abstract part of it that it's like, well, it's also about all this other stuff. And yeah, mm -hmm. it is. It is all about that stuff. But at the core, right. down in the middle of the, the reason center, you're doing it in the first place, about yeah. this thing that's fun that you just do with yourself that you need no one else in, to do with. You right. can do it without even if you didn't have all these paints, you'd still do it. Yeah, I, I when I go to a bar, I do it with my beer bottles and ashes and matchsticks and shit. I can't fucking help it. You know? know what I mean? Uh, like, I mean, if I don't have something to do it with, I'll peel the label off a beer bottle. If I'm in a bar, you know, which I haven't been in a bar in like three years, but you get the point. <laughs> if I'm in the world for some odd reason, you know, and I would were to find myself without all these resources around me right here in my office, I will just start, you know, being creative for right. the fun of it with whatever's around yeah, me. I just yeah. do it because it's fun and I like it. And I've been doing that forever. I can't think of a time I didn't do that. Yeah. So that's really the perennial game we're playing. Yeah, with that's true. Or anything, you know. That's true. And that's really, I guess that is not, I mean, yeah, you're challenging yourself doing that. That's the fun of that is that yeah. every, every piece that doesn't exist, it's like, oh, can I make it? Can I make, can I do this? Can I make yeah. a successful art piece by whatever yeah. means you do it? And so you yeah. are kind of competing with yourself at that point, you know? Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. And then if you can take these other things into account that, you know, help you like with you, it's like, oh, well, if I go to an art show and I get it, I see these other art 
artists, that helps me because that augments my existing right. process. That's like a little, you know, it's like you're playing Sonic the Hedgehog and you speed him up, you know, <laughs> before you shoot him off. That's the same thing. That's like your little, you know, charging zone. And so it's like if you know those things about yourself, you could cherry pick from these things in your life that help to augment through competition, perhaps, mm -hmm. in ways that will lead you to be better at what it is you do and win those games even faster for yourself, right, you know? Right. So it's like, it's really comes back down to that awareness of yourself and then knowing what in your life works for you, what doesn't work, and then trying to engage in that so that you can really uh, accelerate your process. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what we're talking about. If you really want to win the game, you got to accelerate your process, right. you know? I mean, I guess some people like going slow, but yeah. uh, not me. Yeah, not, yeah <laughs> definitely not you. <laughs> Uh, here's, here's another interesting point I just thought of about competition. Um, the, the dark art society cooperative, right? This whole dark art movement we're trying to help grow. That is, we, we are all cooperating with one another basically. And what we, what we are trying to do, the goal is we are trying to make a place for ourselves in the art world or in the world in general. We are trying to, um, you know, not be marginalized anymore and be taken seriously, I guess, and at least have a, at the very least, have a, a, a place where we can be, um, feel comfortable being ourselves and be accepted by one another, you know? Here, here. But, but I think that one thing, one game that we are playing as a cooperative, we are competing. We are competing with the dominant art paradigms around us that are not sure. accepting us or not, not even accept. I hate, to, I hate to use that term. We want, like, we want to be accepted. It seems so <laughs> desperate. It's not about that. It's more like, you know, you want to show that what you're doing is valid. I guess that is acceptance in a way, but, but we are, we are competing with uh, the, like I said, the dominant uh, paradigm of art, which mm -hmm. is not dark art. So Absolutely. we, you know, we are trying to As compete with that. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, in my mind, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And in my mind, it's like, that's why I'm always saying we got to be, you know, we got to be better than them because, yep. you know, we're already not taken seriously. So that's why I encourage everyone to get your shit to, together, know what the fuck you're doing, do all the work that you don't want to do because, you know, we're, we're all depending on each other to be as, as good as possible. And well, so, think about the potency. I mean, think about, you know, go back to a time in your life when you first encountered, who you know, uh, some dark artist, some dark art that just changed you, where you looked mm -hmm. at and you were like, oh, my God, there's someone else in the world that right. does that, thinks that, or is doing it like that, and mm -hmm. just you never knew it could be done that way, be it a film, be it a piece of, a, you know, a magazine, music, a whatever, band, yeah. video game, you know, mm -hmm. anything. Yeah. But the point is, is go back to that place, you know, think about how potent that experience was versus any other art form that's ever touched you. I mean, I've, you know, I went to art school, did art history, been to lots of museums all over the place, seen a lot of art. Nothing's ever touched me the way that dark art touches me, period. Mm. That's why when we were kids, we were like metal albums. Oh my God, because it was yeah. something that was like the thing, you know, <laughs> yeah. the thing. Oh my God. And so it's potent, right? There's a potency there. So think about, you know, this group, this group, this collective that we're creating, this cooperative of people who are doing this artwork that is so potent in and of itself. And then if we all just can continue to work the way we are together to rally in such a manner. Think about the potency of that versus any other dominant paradigm art form that exists out there in the world today. You know, yeah. I just can't, I can't imagine like being um, out and, you know, living in the sticks somewhere with no, no art scene around whatsoever that, uh, that you, that you could relate to. 
<laughs> and you know, getting on Facebook and finding finding that there is a community there for you, you know, which I've heard this story from many people since we started doing the podcast that, that, that it really is important to them and it matters to them because they've never found a place where they felt like they can be themselves, you totally. know, and it makes you feel like less of a weirdo. Yeah, exactly. So well, I, that's I what would we love need. to have I mean, had something like that. Everybody needs a certain level of belonging. Mm. I think part of the thing that dark artists and people that are into darker stuff are afraid to admit is those kinds of things because that like somehow it makes you look like weak, you mm. know, like that you need anything. I need right. nothing from no one. I'm totally <laughs> yeah. independent. I live a monastic yeah. lifestyle in my darkness. <laughs> you know, that's great. I get that. But let's be honest. Everyone needs to feel some belonging. Everyone needs to feel love. Everyone needs right. to feel connected. These are things that we need as, as mammals, part, as yeah, creatures, as the, humans. It's, it's just like with the, 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 it's innate. It's, yeah, you know, exactly. it's, it's so, so that here's part of the unhealthy thing is even denying that that's right. something that's real for you. You know, the reality is let's just accept what's real for us and mm -hmm. not fight against it and yeah. then do the best we can with it. Yeah. Yeah. We, we need this community, yep. you know, we need each other to appreciate each other and to make each other feel worthy of being yeah. alive and being who you are, you know, that's what Getting it's really inspired all about to compete and do better than whomever other artist you mm -hmm. see that you're like, Whoa, dude, I want to do better than that. Right, you know right. what I mean? That, my guy is like David Lynch. When I was a kid and I got turned on to David Lynch, I was, it blew my mind. I mean, I was like, I'd never seen, you know, watching the, you know, the alphabet and, and grandmother and then watching uh eraser head and all that stuff. It was like, holy fuck like this guy he's in my head like he's been right. where i go you know and it was like you but in, in a less exact way than right. my pipe dream but nevertheless and so it was like i always was like dude i want to do shit like that like i yeah. want to i want to be able to create something that gave me that feeling and give that feeling to other people that's mm -hmm. really what it's about or like keenholz so you know again he's one of my favorite artists mm -hmm. and i when i saw his work on that in that book and i was like 15 it just fucking my, my world changed. I was mm -hmm. like, holy shit, I want to do shit. But you know, when you look at it and you're like, you're, you're young or you're, you don't have the resources you think you need, it seems impossible, right? You're like, how could I ever do something like that? That's so right. cool. You know, yeah, yeah. but the thing is, if you just believe in yourself and you work at it, you and work, like you yeah. said, you accept your losses, you learn from your losses, you apply that knowledge to your future game and your right. future competition, you will succeed. You right. know, you just have to continue to come back at it. You got to right. stay the course. And I, I will, uh, the, on a side note, someone posted an amazing video about Alan Moore that you, in the, in the cooperative. And if you want to get in the cooperative and you're not already, all you have to do is join the, uh, the Patreon, the, the dark art society, Patreon for, <laughs> for a dollar a month and you can get in the, uh, the, the dark art society cooperative, which is really where, all the stuff's happening between all the members, but someone posted this amazing video about Alan Moore and magic. I, I wish I could remember who it was that posted it, but it was really good. It's basically what, you know, how, how it's basically was talking about his view on magic and how he's doing magic with his, with, with his work. And it explains it in a way that kind of anybody can accept that magic is real. Anybody, even it's like totally. a scientist, because it's about yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, I'll let people can can check that out, and it's kind of beside the point. But um, 
Well, it's, I mean, I don't think it's beside the point because I think that all all of what we're doing on a base energetic level, you know, could be considered magic. And we we know scientifically or not that everything is energy before it's this this thing that we perceive to be the illusorily uh, solid and, and fixed and right. physical, you know, it, it preceded by energy. So everything we do on every level like that is magic. All the creating that we're doing, competition oh, yeah, in yeah, and yeah. of itself is a spell. You know what right. I mean? When you get into that, any, you know, any chemical release from our brain, all of that stuff. This is all yeah. energy before it's all these things we've used to describe and flesh it out and try to make sense out of it. Yeah, yeah. I w- so I w- yeah, it relates. Yeah, okay. I, I, w- I wanted to make one note too. Part of the game I'm playing as well, which is, uh, and you know, my rule, I guess everyone kind of sets their rules with the games, what the, what the rules of the game are for themselves. And that's why some of the psychos get in once in a while that don't, that want to just crush everybody and elevate themselves above all others, which is the, the unhealthy competition. But um, uh, I just forgot what I was going to say. Oh, uh, one, one of the rules, I think this is pretty much across the board, but one of the rules that's important to me as far as making it is to be, have a certain level of originality mm-hmm. that that's part of the game. If you get there, cause there there's, and it's, and I'm saying out Travis Louie talks about this a lot on, on his Facebook page once in a while. Um, there are artists that are making pretty big money that are doing it on the backs of other artists before them that still are successful artists, but they're basically ripping them off mm-hmm. and, and doing just their version of their work. And, and that kind of goes in with our etiquette episode to whatever yeah, degree. Totally. And, and, and it's, it's, to me, it's not fair to play to do that. So it's really important. Um, and there's no referee, let's right, be honest. Right, right. So well, it's like we all have to referee right. ourselves or each other to the greater or lesser extent right, that we're right. able. Yeah, yeah, right. So um, the, there's that, that's, I think that's an important part of the, of the game to play it uh, by the rules is you have, and, and it's part of the fun is, is, is being original. The that's, that's the, it's so rewarding when you can find something, everybody is going to be influenced by their, the people that influence them. I'm very influenced by Bekshinsky and Giger and Frazetta. I think this mermaid painting totally has a Frazetta vibe to it. Hmm, but it's funny you said that. I never thought, but now yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah. I actually, it looked so Frazetta to me. I went and made sure there wasn't, a, I wasn't ripping off one of his paintings of yeah, a mermaid. Yeah, that shit happens sometimes. Yeah, I, I checked you know, it's that. It's logged away back in the mind, back yeah. in the mind. You oh know? yeah, I checked that. Um, whenever I get that, I if, if something seems too good to be true, I, I do a search on it. If, See, but that's again, that's, that's that originality. Like you said, that that's so important, you know, that yeah. you would do that because it's important to you and your own standard and your own, because right. that comes back down to like cracking that little fun game you do each time you do a piece of art, which is like the only way it's fun is if it's not contrived right, right. for you, you know, and yeah. I agree. That's how I like to play it too. Most, I, and I think, you know? but I think that's kind of like a widely accepted thing, originality well, and not being Okay, I'll give you a real. fun little anecdote. I remember being a kid and I had a close friend and we were in elementary school and we had a drawing club and it was two of us, right? That was our drawing club. Like, it's our drawing club. Right. And if you want to be in it, you have to submit your drawing, you know? Mm-hmm. And he had this other friend whom I wasn't very close friends with and that kid submitted his drawing and it was very clearly a traced piece of art because it was on tracing paper. So it was like tracing way paper. better than everybody and else's. It was and like, on tra- no, it was, like, but it was like clearly like, you know, when you try to trace something, but you're, you can't do it that well. Right. So it's like, look shaky and like not quite right. You know, it wasn't yeah. that good even. And it was on tracing paper. So it was like, <laughs> 
one of those just really like ham ha- ham handed attempts to you know what he wanted was to belong and that's fine we should have just let him into the group but you know we were right. asshole little eight year olds or nine year olds yeah. and we you know, we called him on it but the point there that I'm making is is that it's like that's not fun I mean he wanted to belong to this group if you want to belong to a group there's lots of groups you can belong to but you have to have skill to belong to the fine art group you right. know what I mean and that means you have to develop your skill and anyone can do that yeah. it's all and any, of the work. and anybody can be original every, every single person can be original because everyone is original yeah because you're the only one that's, of you <laughs> You're the only one. No, that's that's actually the only. I've said this before. It's the only thing really that you have to offer in, in terms of art is your is to be your authentic self and to be you like original as as original as you are as a being. You know you that's that's what we got. You know the um, the, the the everything's already been painted as good as it could possibly be painted hundreds of years ago. So you're never going to get better than the old masters. And the only thing we got really to offer is, is our unique take on the, on, on whatever, you know, our unique statement. So indeed. Well, I think that's a great note to end it on. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we're right at an hour too. It's perfect. My internal timer went off. I never look at the clock, but it's, yeah, it did. I was like, we have to be right around an hour. That's funny. It just went to an hour right now. All right. I'm telling you, that's how accurate that shit is, (laughs) man. It's weird. clicking away in the back of my head like some freaky little fucking device that's built in with screws or something (laughs) which then makes me think about but that that's probably i'm probably thinking about that because of that show we watched all right (laughs) two 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 timers (laughs) remember the two timers anyway uh i remember uh, every little thing (laughs) one last thing i'm gonna say even though we ended it on a good note compete you know what that tastes like to me what it tastes like meat Compete, mate, and <laughs> you don't like meat, so no, that's but probably compete, a really bad taste. No, I used to. I loved meat. I didn't quit because I didn't like it. I loved meat. Meat was my favorite thing. To, that's all I ate when I was. Well, a, a I remember kid. you've you've said that now a lot, I but as that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now, yeah, it, it's weird, I, but it, it it's all it's been a very strong one. The word compete tastes like a certain like thinly sliced meat, like beef. Yeah. Beef? Just, is it yeah. thinly sliced beef? Beef? Is yeah. it is like it processed cheap. or yeah, is it pro- like well? Does like, it look like it has like a ribbon in it? Like cuts and like a cut of meat would have a ribbon like, in you it. You know what it's like? It's like when you eat a steak and you chew the meat up, and if you take the meat out, you know uh-huh. how it, the consistency of it? Yeah, it's like yeah. meat that's been chewed. That's what compete tastes oh, like. Okay. Chewed <laughs> meat. Yes, chewed steak. <laughs> Chewed steak. Compete tastes like chewed steak. Yeah. We got to it. And that's wow, interesting. That's, that's an interesting thing when you think about it. Yeah, Compete. it goes a whole different yeah. direction. <laughs> anyway, chewed steak. let's end mm. this before it gets too weird. All right. Uh, thank you for listening. And uh, please support us on the Dark Art Society Patreon if you aren't already. Uh, I mean, how many people are on there at this point? 533, I think. No. Oh no. shit! I think I have people to uh, add. I think you're. I think you're. Oh, that's good the thing. amount of money we're making. Yeah, I got to let me look it up really fast because I got people that I got to read. I think off. the tea's kicking in. <laughs> the special tea's kicking in. The specialty. Oh man! All of a sudden, how the, many, the music started playing. How many subscribers do we have on there? On the I, Patreon? I have to. I have to look, man. I don't have it off the top of my well, head. Well, the point I'm trying to make. I got too many things going on right now. To be, I'm looking right now. We have 
113. Okay. $528 towards our $1,000 per month goal to launch the website. The point I wanted to make, which is not so eloquently, is that we get like 300 listens on the first day. So there's a we're only got a third of the people supporting the Patreon. It's all good. If you don't have money, that's cool. If you, if you can't afford it, it's totally cool. This is a free service for everyone. But if you can afford a dollar a month, join the club and get in on the Dark Art uh, Society Cooperative page on Facebook, the secret group, because that is where so much stuff is happening. Every day, people are posting, sharing stuff, supporting each other. There's really a community being built there. So it's kind of like a logical extension of, of this podcast. And it's only a buck. It's, you know, only a buck a month if you can afford it. And we got to get that discord going. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that I think now you are familiar <laughs> dogs with waiting out. to do that. I know. Lupe, chill out. Lupe, stop. She's like <laughs> spinning around in circles. I know. She's having Did to you get her some of the tea? The special tea? To, she needs to calm down. Calm down. That's so funny. She's just like spinning in circles, like trying to I know, bite it's her not supposed to be. She's not supposed to do that. <laughs> I, I can't pay her for it. If I laugh, then she'll think right. it's good and she'll keep doing it. Um, okay. I was just trying to look up the people I had to read because that's one of our jobs. Okay. Yes. So that's all I was trying, trying to, to do. Yet? Well, yeah, I'm there. I'm logged in, but I'm just going back down to the last people I think I mentioned. Maxine Blissero. We mentioned her last time. I don't think we've mentioned. Let's see here. We mentioned him. We mentioned that. Uh, let's start with Jake Unthank. Yeah, you mentioned Tyne, him last time. I thought so. Tyne Dankser. Didn't we mention Tyne? Yeah, I think uh, so. Aaron Stockwell. I don't remember. Jeff Bradford. Bradford excuse me. Lucas Owen. Those are our those are our boys. Thank you for supporting. We really Women appreciate it. And people, yeah, thank you so much. We totally appreciate and it. If you're not supporting, um, consider consider starting a Patreon account and donating a dollar a month. It's super easy. And it really helps us out. And we want to get this website going. We want to do a lot of things, man. I want to do. We have I, so many ideas. I hate to say, I don't want to say it because I know don't that. Well, I'm going to say it anyway. I want to start a <laughs> fucking dark art society magazine. I just said it. I just said it. Well, I, I, I obviously was behind that because I, I built that into our original goal. I know. But I think that it's better that we waited. I know. Yeah. Yeah. We, we are in no position to make it, but if we, made enough money we would totally be in the position to make it it's just it's, yeah. it's really just a matter of money i mean if if you guys throw down enough money we will you know i don't know how much money that will take there's a whole you know that's a whole other ball of wax but in my in my dream of dreams and i know on mike's as well to to start basically a a high fructose or juxtapose that was dedicated to dark art dark would be art. amazing kind yeah, of like, you know incredible. beautiful bazaars kind of doing something like that and they're great um, but I think that um, I think we could even be more kind of dark art specific. I think he's getting into the competitive nature here. Yeah, folks. Hey, hey, I, don't, I feel he's... like I need to compete now. <laughs> we could be a better magazine. We could be more dark. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. OK, so that was fun. Come on now. After my buffoonery trying to find the names. Yes, that was fun. Yes, that was fun. He says I'm monotone. <laughs> All right. But yes, thank you. And uh, if you guys also have a moment, and this costs you nothing, you can, except for a little bit of time, you can go over to iTunes, yeah, and you it. can rate and review us. And rating and review us on iTunes really helps us, because iTunes is the number one platform that people use for podcasts these days. And that helps us get up in the ratings, and then that helps more people see us and find us. Because there are people out there that don't know about us that would be lo love to be listening to it. Yeah, and same, that helps. With, same with the likes and stuff on, on 
SoundCloud. I know people don't think about it. I don't think about it a lot of the time when I listen to podcasts, but just hitting a like button on there, we don't get that many likes. We've got a lot of listens, but people aren't. And I know people like it because they're telling me, but I just yeah. think they're not thinking to like it. If you hit the like yeah, button, all that stuff is going to help this podcast get out there more. Yeah, that's a good point because a lot of people disregard that because they're like, well, I liked it on Facebook. And yeah, it seems kind of mechanical to have to like it multiple times, but you got to figure that is actually helping the, the movement. Just when you do that, you're helping the movement. Right. So be a mechanical bot for a minute and like more times than you need to. If you saw how many times I liked things in a day, it would offend you. That's part of the way the game is played. Speaking of games. All right. Well, thanks, Mike, and thank you all for listening, and, and let's sign off. We'll catch you next Wednesday. All right. Bye. Peace.